we're live, but we're not starting the show yet. We're going to yeah. wait a couple of minutes. Pre-show banter for the win. So how was everybody's weekend? Anybody do uh, besides SF from what I've seen was this weekend? Um, I don't know. Right now. But um, the pictures that I did see on Twitter that were floating around were, looked amazing. Looked like people really had a good time. I've heard that there were some real weird things that happened out there, like somebody being chased by somebody wielding a sword with the cops wow. following with shotguns. What? God, <laughs> I saw that on one of the social medias. I, I want to say it was over on... Uh, this is at B-Sides F- on Macedon. F- yeah, out on the streets. I'm, like, well, uh, San Francisco is a little uh, weird, I guess. Okay, there was a time where that kind of thing was normal for me, but that was when I was doing medieval recreation stuff. Typically not at a cybersecurity oh. conference. <laughs> yeah, once upon a time being chased with a sword was a typical Saturday night. Do not ask me how many swords I own. <laughs> well, that binds me to ask, how many swords do you own? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> no, not all of them. But they are all high quality steel and full tang. We're going to have to guess, and there'll be a prize at the end of the show. <laughs> how many swords? Is this, is this like one of those, you know, how many marbles are in this jar? Guess right, and we'll give <laughs> you right. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Talking About InfoSec News. It is April 24th. And we are going to be talking about some amazing stories. The Pentagon leaks, the double-double supply chain attack. Uh, what else we got? Uh, we're calling that Supply Chain Squared. And we're joined <laughs> by an all-star cast slash crew. We've got Bronwyn. We've got Mike. We've got Ryan, whose name is BHIS, apparently. We've got Wade. And we've got BSD Bandit at the planet. <laughs> you know it. That's quick. Where's all the retro tech? I feel like I need more retro tech in my life. Oh. I think he's in the wrong room for that. Oh. You're not in the retro tech room? <laughs> I'm not in the retro tech room right now. So. But I do have on me. He's gonna. I knew he would have an awesome thing to plug, and I just am so glad that he does. You just set him up for it. Inside. Oh, Commodore. Is that a Commodore 64? And but the cool part about this, this in the back is my floppy emulator. So all of my games and everything are on a micro SD card now. Oh. I never thought I'd be so glad to see a floppy emulator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, floppy emulator. So, and I have 32 gigs of disk space on here with all the Commodore 64 games. I love that how the awesome. keyboard's blurred out. But it the looks like it, it looks like <laughs> straight up. It looks straight up like awesome hacker gear. I love it. I love it. I love it. I don't know why this thing blurts out, but oh well. It, it's like, yeah, it's Commodore 64, censor that out. Find the face. <laughs> focus on the floppy. They're going to trademark us. Oh, 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 now three. we got traction, folks. There uh, we go. Oh, oh. oh, man. They don't make keyboards like that anymore. I know. Now, right? you're, you're mirrored, too. Yeah, it's is. so beautiful. Oh. I love my. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure hey, out this maybe keyboard. Maybe thirteen BSD. Come on. All right, I think we're jumping the shark. We're jumping the shark. Let's get back to InfoSec. Yes. All right. Okay. So I guess first story. Let's go with the first one on the list, which is what is the damage of the Pentagon leaks? Ooh. <laughs> did you other uh... than other than making Discord look bad, which it already did? Oh, that's the wrong window. <laughs> I lost my windows. Hold on. Oh my find I thought you were using the right one. This Talk article is yourselves. from everyone's favorite website, pwnallthethings.com. <laughs> that's that's why I go there for all my infosec news. Yeah. So this is I, I believe this is now. a let's just caveat this. This is a, an editorial blog opinion piece. This is not necessarily mm. uh it says it's a reader supported publication, but I feel like that just means it's a blog. I don't know what that means. <laughs> So basically, they run through the leak itself, which is 300 photographs taken from the daily briefs, which is exactly what John said last week, that he suspected they were daily briefs. 
these, you know, also some CIA intel or sorry, CIA operation center intelligence updates. Some of these are high resolution and they're readily available on the internet. I assume that means, you know, you can Google dork them. Some well, of them have been modified already. There's some Ukraine military intelligence, but it's very short lived. As we know, you know, the drones, they move around quite a bit. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's basically the, the upshot of the article is pretty much that it's politically embarrassing and not that big of a deal, you know, kind of just like on a geopolitical scale, America looks bad, but beyond that, there's not much of a da damage. And then on the other side of foreign, foreign intelligence, we've got much more, uh, I guess, the, the article terms it as fragile and opaque longer term damage, which is actually pretty eloquent, but takes a little bit of time to kind of sink in there. So opaque, meaning we probably won't get to see the full ramifications of this, but obviously foreign intelligence, if you're a CIA yeah. agent embedded in Morocco or something, you're not like, oh, some kid posted to Discord, I'm going to burn this two year long operation. Like, yeah. how, how do you know, how would you, that, that's the tough part is realizing what is the damage of all the intelligence that was exposed and how deep did it go? Did this article cover how like Russia tried to claim that the whole leak was a fake? Yes. It does it. I, I didn't read this one, but I've read uh, other places that they're just like, oh, no, none of this is real. This is all just government plant type of deal. False. Yeah. But yeah the, they the, basically, Russian, the Russian yeah. disinformation engines are on overload. They're, yeah. they're just, they're going everywhere. They're doing all kinds of stuff in Sudan and in other parts of the world. It's. <sighs> Well, so what they did, and this is pretty funny, is they just took the casualty numbers and just divided them by 10 and then also pumped up the numbers for the Ukrainian casualty numbers. So it's like, what should I do? Uh, make it look like less people died on our side and make it look like other people, more people died on the other side. <laughs> and post. Yeah, and then post it. But I think, I think with a lot of these leaks, the number one thing is I think it damaged lives. I think that that would be the number one thing, you know. Yeah. Damaged lives. I mean, I mean, yeah, we got data and everything else, but that data could lead to somebody determining whether they live or die, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and intelligence briefing. Intelligence is an interesting thing because it could be, like you said, someone's, you know, undercover identity right. or the operation they're on or things like that. That all that maps back to a human life, not, you know, nine hundred million credit card numbers in a file or right. whatever. So right. I mean, well, that's and the, the, <laughs> the other thing about intelligence, too, is that it's not necessarily knowing this is happening right now. But over time, a good analyst is going to be able to take multiple reports and identify patterns. And right. so even though this stuff may or may not have been accessible on the open web and available through Google Dorks, the fact that they were able to get a repo of concentrated high test data directly from the Pentagon and drop it into the hopper for continuing analysis, pattern recognition, and identification of assets that may be in play now or in the past, that allows a good analyst to see what those patterns are gonna be and make right. more accurate educated guesses going forward. And that's where the real potential for harm exists. Yeah, I think the other thing, you know, that's sort of interesting is like you think about how the data. So the data was posted to a discord with 20 people in it. Right. And then somehow the data from there made it elsewhere. So I guess like the, you know, obviously the original leaker, I think it's funny how most people have just skipped the step where they just assume that one of those people was like, whatever, just share it with <laughs> like, like it's it's. You know, it, it's kind of funny that we, we, no one has talked about, you know, oh, well, what about the next person? You know what yeah, I mean? What about like leaked, the next person in the chain? Like three times, you know, before it right. got widespread. So. Right. Exactly. So it's just basically the assumption is, and, and I, I guess from a security perspective, what do you think? Like if you were breached and someone let, like, let's say I was hacking into your company and I posted all your credentials into a group chat or whatever. Do we just, I, I guess that from this point, we just assume that no matter what, all that stuff is breached forever. Like it's interesting from like a security perspective, you have to assume once it was posted to a public public, even though it was private to 20 people, unless all those people are, you know, 
going to agree to delete the data or whatever. And then there's also the question of, well, Discord possesses the data. It's just interesting from a breach perspective, you know, you know, like White Cyberduck said is uh, your, your group chats will leak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, look at the, I look at the Internet like this, right? The Internet is nothing but a big vacuum that never releases anything. It sucks everything in and is there forever. If you want to go back to your favorite decade, you can. If you need to find software from many decades ago, you can with archive.org or even IRC. I can you can go back through old IRC logs still, you know, mm -hmm. so I mean, always if you're on chats or whatever else, always. Yes, it is. The Internet is the black hole. Always speak as if this conversation will never be erased because right. that's what's happening. Assume your FBI agent is listening to you all the time is what I like to say to people. That's yeah, I never. He's like, you Googled word, this right? like four times. How do yeah. you not remember the answer? You've already searched this. Like the links are all if like the, the meme is like, you know, you Google Alzheimer's and all the links are purple. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't heard that one. That was pretty good. Or, or, <laughs> I could go, or speak, you know, speak in a retro format of, Always pretend like your mother's listening on the other end as you're talking to someone you're not supposed to be talking to on the telephone. <laughs> Mom, let me prove to you how cool I am. I work for the government. Me, you can believe it. Never go on an Xbox Live chat. I'll tell you that right now. Nobody there believes any of this. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I, I, I always ask the people listening in if they think my life is more interesting <laughs> than I do. <laughs> <laughs> So one one thing I wanted to cover because it kind of ties in with the Russia thing, yeah. or like so Tucker Carlson, bye bye. Should we talk about that? Is that like, <laughs> this is like that's like the most so, like so okay to go. Let's go no, no let's go no let's go more meta. Okay. So who's gonna resign out of all of us? Who has lied the most? Who has lied the most? <laughs> Who, who is uh, out of all the hosts of uh, the news? Is it me or is it John Strand? <laughs> you, you see, you see, I'm going total conspiracy on this. All right, Don Lemon was fired from CNN today. My yeah, theory yeah. is that Don Lemon's going to Fox and Tucker's going to CNN ah, now. It's like wife switch. Okay, oh, is it going to be? Wow. Is it going to be like a wife swap type of reality show? <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, this is surreality, not reality. Rights right now. I didn't even see this Tucker Carlson thing. I had to Google it, as you said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, let's not get into it. It's just mostly, uh, you know, if you lie on the news, you get fired. So I'm worried that I'm going to get fired. I'm not yeah. intentionally lying, but I'm an idiot. This so. isn't this isn't the news. We're talking about the news, though. That's, You're remember, the it's like way different. Idiot I know, Corey. What are you That's talking true. about? Way different. That, thanks. Yeah. You you can subscribe to my totally not a cult Patreon. Speaking uh, of things that are out of control, did you guys see the uh, the hacker group names? Right. Yeah, oh, so, dude, I, I can go off on this stuff. This is my favorite. So wait, wait, take us in, take us in. All right, so, uh, so hacker group names are not out of control, right? Or do you want, do you man, want to? Man, man, I no, hate tracking. Yeah, let Wade do it. He's wait, the right, Wade's uh, the threat intel. Just go full like blue team rants. Just, just full open blue team rants. So every. Yeah. Why can't why can't Miter just take over like what they did for attack? Just take over like attack names or like threat actor names. Can't we do that? Can we just so share we that? Go down the line. Uh, the next freaking name, marketing, right? Name. So so I will give I will give CrowdStrike some like clearance. Like I know when you say like fancy bear, okay, bear Russia, okay, but I do not know what like mint sandstorm or like <laughs> you never heard of darude sandstorm that dude that is exactly what i was like why didn't they use darude in there that would have been perfect so pretty yeah, much like microsoft changed all name. of their yeah dude. microsoft changed all their <laughs> hacker names because they were element based they were running out of elements i'm gonna assume that that's uh, probably not i think that's what even the article says and How so they, now wait, okay so wait yeah hold on so okay they were using no adjective or anything just no. element names just elements just which kind of sucks right so it's they hard capped at what 250 yeah. or something it, it says i think it's i think it's less than that i think 118 they, there you go Corey didn't take chemistry there's Neither way more I elements know. than that dude don't oh gosh let me Google. just start inventing them someone, that's what they've been Google. doing 
Is this been an, I mean, okay, no, I'm not saying like adamantium, unobtainium. Yeah, like what about adamantium or like uh, what is it? Kyburn. Yeah, come on. Like, come uh, on. So I will I will give them props because like the new naming scheme, right? You can quickly identify like who the threat, what the threat actor is, what group or what their goal is now, which is a huge step up from just remembering a regular element. But though changing it up is going to require a lot of work for a lot of Intel teams. You're gonna, it's not it's not going to require a bunch of work. We're going to have to do a little like scraping of code of all of your notes and stuff. But we just need to get on one page and that's exactly what the article says one page of all the attack groups everyone have the same name but it's never going to happen because people love marketing oh and but i got I a really admit, good idea th- there's some really good shirts out there and oh, really I, cool just, things just do shot <laughs> well, 256 hashes it's easy oh, shot 256 hash of, the, of, of what though of their network traffic <laughs> no just a random hash it doesn't matter it's going to be unreadable i'm, I'm just could kidding you, but could you no i love it could you imagine all of us just saying hashes oh yeah group number just, <laughs> uh, group 52a 30 yeah it would just be the last three digits though why can't we just like <laughs> russia russia attacker five like yeah. <laughs> one of one of the things that he does that andy does mention inside of the article though as far as getting all the names together is that the hidden attribution stuff so say crowdstrike knows this but they're not releasing this and this so that way microsoft can't exactly line up this group with this group and this group with this group that it's it's all it's something that i complain about all the time the the hidden secret sauce is why they can't go ahead and all agree on a naming scheme because nobody can prove that they're seeing the exact same group with 100 percent accuracy that another threat company is seeing Okay, Hex, we have we can't even we, prove that I'm myself with 100% accuracy. That's yeah, because so you're not. We okay, <laughs> we have we have an amazing suggestion by Ronner Rainer in the chat, which is that we set up a website where the threat actors have to register for their <laughs> <laughs> This is not a trap. This we let them pick their name. We let them pick you, their name, but then it's a two-word name. Yeah. And one of the words gets taken out and we put something funny into it. So for so. real though, I, I will say like some journalists out there, like go and just start contacting these groups and ask what they want to be called. Yeah. I know most of them are going to be racial slurs and other inappropriate things, but like it just, it's, it would be so funny to be like, Oh, we're fine with typhoon, uh, typhoon. I will. You know, the shadow broke. Okay. The shadow brokers. That was a legit name. Whoever decided to pick shadow brokers and even did like the video game reference to uh, mass effect. I was like, props off to them. Cause I, that would have been an excellent handle they, for somebody. They, <laughs> it should just be like a uh, ultimatum about the names. Like if they don't pick a name, then we're going to name them after a Starbucks latte or something. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Not do you, you hear Java chip just cracked. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> dude i just got also, popped by upside down white latte or whatever oh my god hold the cream <laughs> got broken by crunchy ribbon <laughs> <laughs> only one shot i will say well, honestly as as for me pop by soggy ramen yeah, <laughs> yeah. for me i Hope always unicorn get- <laughs> I get a lot of and like I think that the you know take the animal and then apply an adjective to it because there's infinite well not infinite but there's effectively an infinite adjectives so then it'll be like you know fuzzy bear fancy bear angry bear whatever like that's I think that's fine because you get down into the weird ones you're gonna get like some you know funny random like you know sleepy bear or whatever it's just get it's like you know the twelve dwarves or the sleeping dwarves whatever. <laughs> we just got. <laughs> I agree. And I agree. I agree with you. If we can, if you can do a naming scheme where you can quickly identify that where Microsoft's, you do have to do a little bit of studying, but honestly, if someone mentions a bear or a panda, okay. Yeah, they are the same. But if you say panda, almost anyone's going to think of China, right? Where bear, but like, what would you, when I say tiger, do you automatically think of India? I don't. I do. Uh, but I'm weird. If I you say do? typhoon, okay. do you think of China? I mean, I no. <laughs> the other, the other funny thing is like the, um, you know, it, how, how many like when when there's a new country, like because how long is it going to take until we have a country uh, that's set up just to protect threat actors? Like, like basically, you know, <laughs> like you have the Sea World or whatever it was, or Sea Land that was like of island off the coast of the UK, and they like registered as a sovereign nation or whatever, but it was never a real thing. Anyway, 
I'm sure threat actors are looking to buy like, dude, North Korea is going to buy like some African nation with Bitcoin once they can't like once that becomes an option and they're like, we've bought a small city state and now it's like all the hackers live there. We just live there. Or, just bare our metal laws do not yeah, bulletproof our laws servers allow. everywhere. You do, we don't care. We just keep hosting it. Every, that, that entire IP space just gets completely blacklisted from the entire internet, whatever they but buy. But they're a sovereign <laughs> nation. Okay. Listen, there's people that, that they live there. They live there. Uh, no, uh, they, I know. To ask the right question on that one, isn't that already Russia? <laughs> oh, yeah, good point, good spot. A Russian, Russia and Iran. What, there was a hack a, a little while ago where the actual IP space went back to like either Russia or North Korea when we talked about it. I can't remember which one, and everyone's like in awe because it actually... No one. It might have been that. North Korea, and then we might have talked about yeah. how they only have like a slash 20. Yeah. So like, you know, <laughs> I think that really... was exactly... Uh, yeah. it, the, on, on this same news, a Mandiant's report came out I think either last week or semi recently. And they actually mentioned a for-profit Mexican, like Mexico based threat actor, which honestly I had never heard about, which totally, it makes sense, right? It's, I would say it's kind of a good place to set up shop just because of the way the government's kind of set up sometimes, but whoa, you're way too close to the U S dude. No, that's a good point. That's a, but, and they probably do has extradition. Fair, treaties I wouldn't there, worry probably, about it. Huh? They can't get over that wall. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> I had just There's never heard about it, which I was like, that's great. So, okay. So you, wait, you also, while you're, while you're on the mic, I also, you mentioned uh, supply chain squared. So uh, three CX turns out they were hit by supply chain squared, which I've made up and it they, actually just, they double supply this chain the first time they found this right mandy it says the first time they found a double double supply mm-hmm. chain but they yeah, but that's kind of like me saying, right? i mean okay so what does that mean what it, does double supply they, chain mean they compromise they were double dog dared to yeah. reach them <laughs> they, they compromised another company i think it was like uh, another software company called like uh, trading x i think is what it was called yep. and yep. then uh <clears throat> once they compromised them uh they compromised the software packages which they in turn um, uh, one of the employees at 3CX downloaded, and then that compromised their system, and then they compromised 3CX, got to their dev systems, and they compromised their software. Right, um, so it's kind of a spread. So you think 3CX so is just like great? We don't have to worry about this. This wasn't us. This was X Trader. Yes. Ooh. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh my God. Yes, yeah, they're like, oh, thank God, here. we're idiots for allowing unrestricted software use. Not, we didn't actually get hacked. And they were in there for a little while because it's not like they just immediately got access to the build pipeline, right? So you know. Yeah. Uh, well, and it makes, so they, it's like they did a distribution. Yeah. This yeah. this is something that I've actually had to deal with at my work because of the trading technology stuff, uh, trading technologies, which made X Trader. And the thing about X Trader was that it was announced to be discontinued in 2018. It was discontinued before 2020, but they left the darn software up there for download. And that's what got compromised. But Ouch. it's a serious piece of software for the futures trading field out there. Mm-hmm. especially in energy trading um so they're starting to find more a uh, few more companies that seem to have gotten hit by the trading technology side of this oh, double yeah. supply chain so than okay. what was originally thought why so why exactly it? was a telecom company dealing with futures trading <laughs> Do we want to talk about that? Yeah, like, why did he download this? Is like, it a, okay? Let's be real. It's a guy day trading. Side hustles. Guy, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Is it actually? Yeah. I mean, no, that that's what I would guess. That's that, an easy that would one. Be, that would be my my only thought on it all. Because it was the three CX employee. It was his personal machine that uh, was the breach point. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't see hey, that. Wait, part. wait. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kim Zyder, Kim Zyder's article has a beautiful timeline laid out inside of it. Uh, I was so reading it earlier was today. Jump? How did he jump from personal machine to the? Uh, I oh, did no. not see how they figured that one out, but the but it was being said that it was his person, this guy's personal machine on it. Could um, you imagine working for a company that. and then Mandiant coming in and be like, "We need access to your personal computer." I'd be like, "Nope, no, erase, throwing the hard drives in a microwave. You're not reading that thing. There's stuff on there that no way." 
your browser history them. gets part of a legal proceedings. Oh my god! Could you? Oh my! Worst case scenario. No one. They're like, sir, he Googled it seven times. It's it's considered to be <laughs> aggravated assault at that point. <laughs> now you can't prove that. I mean, <laughs> so I mean that goes back to like security control for yeah. um you know if it was a VPN or however right um you know yeah. you should you should uh, enforce uh, conditional access not for for device conditional access right. Um, you know, yeah, you I mean, I will say if if they allow BYOD, which unknown that unknown. then and then the 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 D is compromised, <laughs> you're gonna get in. I mean, it's yeah. gonna happen. Uh, I don't care. I don't care how much conditional access you do. It's gonna happen. Like, well, yeah, how, okay. how often so, do you guys see that though? Like, how well, often do you see actual BYD BYOD deployed? Like, hold on, I've hold on, never hold been. On. How do you okay. deploy a BYOD though? Right. Like, what, what is your deployment technique? The way I've seen it, the way I've seen it for the most part, though, is it some kind of BDI style setup, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So what happens is, is that instead of like putting a v, VPN software and all this other stuff on the host, it's just a website, Citrix uh, is one of them, Horizons, another one. So one of those BD, BDIs and then um, going from there, right? So connect. Yeah, once you're on the machine that logs into the VDI, it's all over. I mean, well, there's yeah, okay. Like so then, but yes, it's not quite though, right? Just because you're on the VDI, so now you have to manually work your way through that system. It's not like it is there, right? Um, so now you got to move files, you got to compromise that host, right? But the it's whole initial point of, access is the yes, point. Yes, it does give them initial access to a system, but now that's when your endpoint detection, like that VDI, should be like the most secure of the most lockdown, right? um inside the environment but you know. yeah i mean i guess like for for listeners or for people that are wondering what they can do number one if you use trading x don't <laughs> it's too late now it's too like, late if you're using up. if you're using this product very much you know hire call someone and and have that inspected and all that stuff um and also i think from the byod perspective typically you know that environment is done commonly when there's not heavy monitoring and control. That's why it's a BYD, BYOD environment to begin with, because they don't want heavy control over every employee's setup. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, or, you know. Or BYOD is done a lot when the upper, upper management or owners are cheap and they think that they're going to save lots of money and they don't realize that they've just opened the door wide to anyone and everyone who wants to exploit them all right so ignorance ignorance and avarice bad combination so so to answer so to basically answer the question as to how it wound up going through this employee in 3cx has said that they have no idea why the employee had this x trader software on their machine the x trader software breach wound up being a backdoor. So basically what they did was they went ahead and they snagged this guy's login credentials when he went ahead and either VPN'd in or uh, remote desktop in. And the guy was an admin at 3CX and had access to the software builds there. And that's how they went ahead and got into 3CX, got into the network and then planted in their backdoor into the 3CX software. Right. Yeah, it's exactly... You know, that 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 would have been my guess. Um, and then it comes down to, you know, if whatever your security plan is, whether it's BYOD or user own devices or whatever it is, you have to monitor the points of ingress and monitor them for malicious activity. You know, like when when uh, Bob admin starts logging in, you know, and, and making software changes, that's when you need to Bob admin shouldn't have a VDI. Right. Like you have to isolate. Well, he didn't. Right? He didn't. They stole his creds and then they they used him on a. Well, no, channel, I'm just saying, right? like, if you were to, like, engineer this, right? So BYOD isn't, like, horrible, right? It does, if you do this, this doesn't mean you're totally going to get hacked every single time, right? Um, but, you know, you just have to set it up. And that goes to, like, you know, how, how much money do you, and time do you want to spend setting up this environment to actually make it isolated, right? Um, but you should mm -hmm. assume that everyone who's coming in the BDI is the least privileged kind of account, right? The minimal activity possible. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like in my blog post, like the browser, not a safe space blog post talks about data leakage between personal browsers and corporate browsers. And like that, basically, if I was a, a security program designer, I would be saying, let's assume all of our employees machines are compromised at all times, period. Yes. 
Yes. Like mm-hmm. personal machines, I mean, not like yep. their work machines, but let's assume that malware is running on our employees' personal machines at all times and build our security program that way. So in this case, this they're assuming this guy's PC is compromised because he has to download ExpressVPN cracked version 2.0 and he has to download xtrader and he has to download utorrent and he has to download you know all like dude people do this on their personal machines i just want to watch game of thrones but i don't want to pay for it well congratulations you do pay for it by compromising your information um but basically then from that point you monitor that usage of that person's credentials you you enforce mfa you monitor the you know software repositories like you basically have to monitor the ingress points from the personal machine how that can be abused that's you basically just have to assume that by yeah exactly byd is compromised by default exactly that's how you have to run those programs there's nothing necessarily wrong with that and it's probably a safe thing it's like assumed compromise for internal machines but mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's how you have to look at it and then well that's how you have to look at everything really if you think about it you know <clears throat> uh, assume that the like you said you just said internal assume that internal computer users just assume any user is compromised that's just We'll look at it. There's no patch for people. Uh, what was the? Um, do we know what the timeline was for this? Like from initial compromise to detection. Yeah. So I, that's, uh, that's usually like the metric more that you should like gauge your success at, right? Not so when like, you can be compromised, but like how long did it take you to realize that you were when right? when X Trader was compromised or when three CX? Uh, no, three CX, three CX. Yeah, I want to say I thought I, I saw two, 2022 somewhere in there, but. Yeah. Tell me, tell me if I'm wrong, Shecky. Like, the compromise one second, I'll bring it up for myself. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That's it when just it, says 2022. It doesn't yes. say when in 2022. So we'll give them benefit of the doubt and say uh, November. That still beats the meantime yeah. of detection by a lot. So, so even right. if you just say that. One other thing in this article that they kind of talk about a little bit further down is that. Uh, these um, attack groups are starting to create Linux-based malware, right? Um, So targeting more developers and like kind of going outside traditional Windows wheelhouse. Um, And uh, as we all know, the Linux space, it doesn't have the same, um, you know, EDR that necessarily the Windows hosts do. Um, It's not tuned as well. Um, And additionally, a lot of people deploy Windows or excuse me, Linux hosts where, you know, they have lots of privileges i mean immediately they have to do privileges to do whatever they want on the on the device um then and even while you can lock down a linux host maybe more I mean, i'm going to say that in a maybe stance uh, it's a lot of work and you know it can be very difficult just as well it's, um as doing like application whitelisting with windows and as well as Macs, right and i think yeah. that it even mentions that like both the malware mm-hmm. is made for linux and Macs through targeting people with yeah. job postings, which both of those are huge holes, I would say, for the blue team. Windows is pretty, most people are very experienced with it and you could easily understand what's going on. But once that Mac and Linux comes in, it, it brings up a whole nother shitstorm of I think trying the to biggest figure thing, stuff out. Yeah, I think when you get out of the Windows world, you lose the EDR. Well, like you don't, but in a lot of ways you do because just the amount of development effort that goes into it. Yeah. It's like... You know, the in memory, everything is just much more, you know, filtered and alerted upon in, in, in Windows. It's not necessarily more secure, but it's more detection oriented. I think there's the a other there's a better system. community around Windows uh, because there's more people using it. So it's easier to find detections or find atomic red teams or that type of stuff to easily test for Windows. Whereas when it comes with Linux and Macs, there, that stuff exists. But one thing, getting a, getting a Mac to test on is going to be a lot harder than getting a Windows computer because they're much more expensive and your companies may necessarily not want you to do detection on it, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, once, once you involve and, humans. And VM stuff, right? Refurbs but. are available. You can, you can virtualize. What I find interesting, though, is that the fact that the uh, malicious actors are going now after Mac and Linux systems, it's reflecting a maturity, a maturing evolution. I mean, Windows was and to a degree is low hanging fruit and predators, of course, are going to like soft targets. But as the uh, viability and the profitability of hacking and and infiltration of systems has become demonstrable and they're they're treating it like a business model, then what is happening is now 
their attack behaviors are evolving, and they're going after the targets that previously were not traditional. So now we and any other blue teamer, we have to adjust our reactions and responses accordingly. Yeah, I think basically like in the modern world, um, how a lot of this stuff is done, like looking at information stealers and other like common techniques that are being used now, a lot of it is just attackers get in they see they they gather like it's almost like they're running like an, a sock it's like they're gathering as much data as they can from every tool malware etc and they're all sharing this information then once they walk in somewhere and they have something they hold on to it and try to expand from there it's like they aren't looking for the quick win drop the ransomware go they're looking for like well what software can we backdoor right it's like they're playing more of the long game Yes. At least certain threat actors are instead of just, you know, drop the ransomware and leave because everyone has ransomware protection. Well, remember what this, what this, the target was of this hack too, right? It's crypto again. It's, Mm -hmm. it's North Korea going up. Do we know this, this article highlights it again, that that it's since it's Lazarus group and they think they're after particular uh, crypto companies to steal. Right. So, but they're playing the long game to try to, you know, they're basically like, we will wait and keep compromising down the rabbit hole and keep going another supply chain, another supply chain, because it's, you know, once you, let's say you compromise trading X, now you just wait for beacons. Where do they come yeah. from? Well, it depends. And when they come in, you analyze, does this company have cryptocurrency? Yes or no. And then from there you say, does this company have more software we can backdoor? Yes or no. And you basically just follow that flowchart down until you get to someone that has cryptocurrency, and then you're done. If I feel like I'm about to say this, and John's going to come on and just immediately mute me, but uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is I feel like this is kind of your thought on threat actor profiling, right? At least understanding the basics. What is someone going to want if they're on your network, right? If if it is your software and they want to push down, right, they're most likely not they're most likely not going to get caught and they want to stay on there as long as possible. Whereas and if it's like you're saying, if it's ransomware, they're going right. to try to from initial compromise to ransom, they're going to try to do it as quickly as possible, usually. So building defenses around that a little bit, at least somewhere, and then thinking about those action objectives of each of those threat actors can probably help you out, at least somewhat. At well, the end of the day, like you're gonna, you're screwed, you're screwed, but it's good to know where your golden eggs are and what these people are, what these actors are looking to get out of you. Well, yeah. and, and don't forget too, there are a lot of Mac users and admins. I know, I worked for one who still today have the attitude that, oh, it's Mac. Nobody's going to go after that. There aren't any Mac viruses. Well, yeah, yeah, there are. And yeah, your systems have wide gaping holes you could drive a truck through. And gee, I'm sorry that you got pwned, but you kind of asked for it because you assumed that you were safe and the whole security through obscurity no longer applies to Macs and hasn't for a long time. Well, they might want to look My at rant. this. <laughs> you're mirrored so it's very hard you're to mirrored. Read, you're mirrored <laughs> <laughs> the art so pretty much the art of mac malware so i actually could for, read that but i actually could read that but i'm an alien we know this <laughs> so all right what's next john strain did not join in mute wave sadly i know, I know right <laughs> uh, i was hoping he was gonna get called in here oh we oh Cheers, no, there oh. we go. The art of Mac. The the wow. I think I have that. Who's the publisher? Patrick publisher. Wordle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the author. Publisher. No starch. No starch. Thank you. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Author. But it All right. I feel like we should cover this hot take about juice jacking because we talked about it last week and it was oh, just. I was, this we is were just another me. cash grab. So, it's an, okay, uh, now hold on. This is so. This is taking the conversation somewhere else. It's saying like, do you also hate juice jacking? Yeah, we're pivoting. Uh, <laughs> so now we're talking about you know another threat, which is there. It doesn't have a cool name like juice jacking. Should we make a name for it? Airjacking? Oh, that sounds kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> fake public Wi-Fi networks is what they're de- they're deeming it. So I guess this attack is a fake wi- a fake Wi-Fi network, um, which does sound much more risky. That the person that wrote this article doesn't really provide any sources or 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that they were, what, I thought they were evil hotspots. Just a new, just a new honey put name for honeypot. Well, well, they no, basically it's, it's say evil, evil clones of of different nodes. That's all. So I think I think basically what they're saying is like this is used to distribute the same malware that juice jacking does and basically is like much easier to exploit and this one i actually do think is a higher risk like uh-huh. not only karma attacks which you know is basically changing you know the name looking at probed networks and changing the network name to that name so that the person auto connects to it but also you know just a wi-fi that's called airport wi-fi or whatever and and you connect to it and then it does all kinds of evil things. This seems like much more of a realistic attack than juice jacking, just in general. So, <laughs> well, also, think- also there are a lot of uh, threat actors that if they set up one of these malicious hotspots, uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. I think it's like ATT Wi-Fi. At one point, there we go. Yeah, ATT Wi-Fi. A lot of of phones will automatically connect to ATT Wi-Fi, even if you haven't requested that because it's it's a, a recognized name. So they're going to use that and ta-da, punage. Do, yeah. do you remember Basically, a while back where a threat actor got a drone with Wi-Fi on it, landed it on top of a building, and then waited for people to connect? I read about that. Uh, that yeah. was just stunt yeah, hacking. That, that was so did. cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I it's think a better war drive. Uh, a war I will say... I think in general, we're pretty well protected against these kinds of attacks because it's been in the threat model for years and years to have Mm -hmm. like be connected to a rogue uh, hotspot, like whether it's a VPN, you know, certificate pinning, end to end encryption, blah, 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 DNS over HTTPS. There's a a hundred different. Yeah, with a cell phone. I mean, there's already a lot of stuff that is going to happen uh, automatically to kind of prevent a lot of this, right? Um, like, you know, um, Corey was just saying the SSL with certificate pinning. So like you're, you know, if they're changing the DNS, there's a lot of stuff that you can, that are kind of already rolled in. I know that, you know, Safari is just going to be like, nah, man, this is, it's not even going to load. We, we, well, yeah, this is why I I I use NordVPN. Yes. Yes. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Uh, NordVPN. We're actually the only uh, podcast in the world that isn't brought to you by. We're about to get hit up right now, and I'm going to tell you we need some money. No, I'm joking. But uh, <laughs> when I was when I was out of country last, I I will admit I was very hesitant to connecting to Wi-Fi the whole time. But oh, yeah, I did. And every time I connected the Wi-Fi, it, I was in like the Philippines, Korea, some other places. Every time the Wi-Fi was actually faster than what internet I had at my house. Oh yeah, and I was like, "This is stupid." Like, <laughs> yeah, I was so. Upset. I mean, I, it becomes a necessity a lot of the time if you're in a country that there isn't, uh, you know, good cell phone coverage from your provider, or you don't feel like paying, you know, six dollars a day or ten dollars a day or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, the, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, I will say, like, you know, you connect and then you start seeing SSL errors. It might be time to disconnect. <laughs> you know what, what's funny is. Uh, I was uh I was on the plane last night and they have um Wi-Fi on planes is pretty common now and it's actually the speed is not that bad all right it's yeah, gotten a lot it's better right don't DNS anyway, tunnel but uh, <laughs> the uh, the anything interesting thing it took me like 15 minutes to get on this Wi-Fi the uh, uh the last night because um I had all of these things that we were just talking about like VPN automatic uh, <laughs> DNS entries all this other stuff you yeah. have to turn all of that off because it it will only use its dns to get you know this internal ip address but can finally get you off you know once you're on the network you can turn those things back on assuming you actually have internet um or you paid for it or whatever but uh yeah it was just funny like you had to disable everything to get uh actually connected and then once you're connected you can turn those things wow yeah there's a lot of plain wi-fi hacks like they allow iMessage. so if you just tunnel your traffic over what is it 3128 Mm -hmm. uh tcp then it's just allowed out without paying or mac address cloning i mean the problem is if your neighbor thinks you're a terrorist i mean you're on the no-fly list (laughs) (laughs) if you just have a terminal up you're probably gonna get called out i I mean i when i opened up visual studio code i'm always like oh man this probably looks like i'm hacking something because i am but yeah <laughs> allegedly <laughs> Even, the good thing is you know it's it's all it, legal it is fine. it is funny though because uh what is it i was uh i was on a plane uh this is a while ago and 
what was I, what was I looking at? I think it was just like, um, like the SMB devices on the, on the, um, just on the network, like the connected, first of all, they weren't isolated. And so I just started seeing computer names that happened to be SMBs. <laughs> this is windows, right? Windows computer names. And one of them was like straight up the Marshall service. Like I'm like, Oh, well, there's a Marshall on the plane. Right. Like it was, wow. like, yeah, they actually have uh, you know how they have air marshals. So now they have cyber air marshals yeah. where yeah, they yeah. just put, they, they put a responder on, they just boot up their laptop, put up responder. And if you send a challenge, they're like, Nope. Wh- oh, which yeah, seat was, wh- it. who it's was that? <laughs> who was that? <laughs> who had the laptop right It now? was a 23. It was it him. Was, <laughs> it was you the whole here's, time. Here's the funny thing. And kind of the lesson there is that, uh, I wasn't even doing anything, right? It was just like the names that were showing up there. It wasn't like I was trying right. to scan. Auto discovery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Auto discovery. Like your Windows computer would be like, hey, look, there's like another computer over here. Here's the And name, you can right? just yeah. click it and network yes. discovery. But um, yeah, so uh, the point being is that the, uh, the, the plain Wi-Fi should probably have isolation. They're not that secure, right? They're, you know. Right. What are you talking about? It's up in the sky. It's got to be secure. So much higher. <laughs> Could but you imagine if you if you brought all the computers down like on a long distance flight, then no one could watch movies? How hated you would be if they oh. found out it was you? And I can't watch a movie. Who's responsible? Uh, the, you know that's all Linux too. But um, yeah, the, the funny thing <laughs> it's the, a Plex the, server. The, it actually is. I mean, it literally is. It's, it's, I think it's. I think it's actually Jellyfin, but yeah, basically, like you can literally, if you're on a plane, sometimes when they reboot the system, you can literally see the tux, yeah. like the little yeah. penguin it just sitting Linux. there. It is Linux, but yeah. yeah, which is terrifying. Then you hope that the plane isn't running Linux. It no, is. I'm just kidding. It is. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no. The uh, other thing I was going to say is my favorite thing is like on the plane in the in-flight entertainment, they have like air crash investigations. <laughs> <laughs> like put that on and watch a documentary about an air crash investigation like on a plane it's like this it's like you almost are tempting fate you're like strike me down like, you know? <laughs> wow oh, so can we talk yeah. about this one this one isn't as uh, uh oh yeah it happened again we gotta talk i put this i actually put this in there i put this go. in there uh, here we go Southwest okay, so can't stay yeah. in the air. <laughs> Here we go again. Southwest Dang. tech debt strikes again. Tech yeah. debt, right? So this is, you know, see, the, here's the thing that really surprises me. Their executive team issued an improvement plan and it still happened. I thought that <laughs> issuing, I thought that saying you're going to fix it just magically fixes it. So is that not how it works? <laughs> no, they blocked, uh, they blocked DNS at the firewall that... <laughs> stuff kept going out to so, 888 and they were like what is this and just yeah, connection it. Issues dude is that actually what happened no it was a fi- hardware it was a, failure it was, right no it, it said it was a firewall it was something yeah. to do with the firewall yeah change. but it was a hardware failure oh, okay <laughs> i think i think it was a hardware and if that thing goes down all the planes do too like come on so, okay so here's the reason and i was like uh, this was this wow. triggered me so much that i was actually like complaining about this to other people in my life that are not like infosec people i was like firewalls from the very get-go like what the day you install it you know it's a single point of failure like yep. by definition this is the thing that plugs two ethernet cables together and one of them is the internet so like <laughs> you you know from day one that this can fail and take down your internet and you don't do anything about it and like they didn't have redundancy and the the icing on the cake it's a vendor who yeah. is renting firewalls and who are you renting them from? Like, can I be this vendor? I'm just like, yeah, I got a unify. Uh, you can rent it for $200 a month, which is how much it costs every month. Like what? <laughs> who is renting this? And also like, they're blaming it on the provider. It's like, dude, you subscribe to the, you know, it's like a movie theater that like subscribed to Netflix and it's like, well, Netflix went down. Why didn't the movie play? I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, come on they were, it was they were actually running pie hole and it went down and <laughs> <laughs> their, their whole dns for southwest was on a single pie hole it was yeah. a raspberry pie it's low power guys we're trying and to the sd pie. card just wore out after all those requests from yeah. all those planes it just couldn't oh, handle it gave up couldn't take it anymore that's funny yeah so your tech that's debt so just... i thought it was funny because they, they've had a bunch of other like not necessarily tech debt issues or you know some but they still there that is also an issue right it's like they could just keep running into more technical issues outside of just you know the planes not having fuel right that's you know their tech that, that has high that. interest yeah their tech that has <laughs> real high interest rates there was, yeah. there was another article in here about planes uh 
under planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> Do we have under nation state on nation state action, there was the uh, Euro control says websites under attack by pro Russian crew, mm. which uh, sounded interesting. Then came to find out it wasn't as cool. But <laughs> oh well, there's a there's a guy. Uh, he actually lives in Deadwood. His name his online name is uh, Box Swapper. If you want to talk about airplane security, he's a really good one to talk to. He, I don't, given I don't want to know at all. <laughs> I'll never fly. I don't want to have to drive for the rest of my life. If you'd like to commit a felony, please come on the show sometime. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think with the, with the Euro control one, it's just like they were taking down the websites, but it had no impact on air travel. So it did like have they're, they're, impact on smaller, they said on smaller airplane or smaller, yeah. what, whatchamacallit, like air crews or whatever. Then they had to revert to fax machines because of that, which I, I honestly, it's kind of scary if you're DDoSing that and it does have some effect, at least on anybody, I would say that's semi sketchy. It is just a DDoS attack, right? Which I would, I would classify as a minor type of attack out there but if they're picking their target it, it, it depends on what you're ddosing but yes. if, if you're picking your targets i would right. say an airport would be something pretty gnarly if that happened if all of a sudden so, flight control went down the real question is why didn't they blame the vendor for their website nah. uh, <laughs> why weren't they like it was you squarespace anyway this episode is brought to you by squarespace oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh i got I got one last article to talk about before we run out of juice here. And this is the uh, APC unauthenticated RCE ah. and the UPS software. So uh, APC makes uh, ups, right? And they have a bunch of different like uh, controls. And all of them have the default passwords based on yeah. 10 years of pen testing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> APC, one, two, three. APC, APC. Um, but uh, what... You might not know is that uh, these devices have these, uh, you know, they have a network controller that you can add to them, but they also have a, a software that manages those, right? So think of this as like, you know, a higher level uh, controller to manage a bunch of other APCs. And uh, that is what looks like has the um, three different CVEs. It's written in Java, so I'm surprised it's only three, three today, probably. Um, but yeah. There, uh, if you're running that inside of your environment, you definitely want to take a peek. Uh, yeah. It, what 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 are the consequences well, of that being? So hold on, hold on. Uh, turn off all your servers, dude. Yeah, um, they can literally yes. just turn them off. <laughs> yeah. Keep in mind, in every APC, there is a single point of failure of power. The real, <laughs> yeah. the real denial of service. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's a denial of a lot. Yeah, but so. Okay, here's the thing. As an admin, I never changed the default password, and that's why. Because I knew that someday there was going to be an unauthenticated RCE. So, <laughs> I figured just let them in. Don't just bother with the RCE. Because yeah. guess what? If you just let them in, they can shut it off. But at least it doesn't crash it. <laughs> that's one way to think Security about it. logic. Yeah. Admin logic. Dude, that's, that's a good one. If you that do want to protect yourself, style. besides <laughs> changing the password, you should also isolate these. I yeah. isolate these guys. Um, right? Okay. Like, they're no, on no, their all the network. users need to be able to see the power usage of all the servers. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> it's and it's eco friendly. You have one of these management controllers, obviously. Um, you should isolate that as well because there's probably only like three people who ever need to log into this thing. So. True. I no, used to actually, have to log every, into one of those. <laughs> every user's computer uh, plugs in, uh, hooks into the smart UPS and reports its power usage. Oh, uh, okay. That way we know that we could do better. At that plan. way we know that we can always get hacked. I, I have one I want to ask you guys about. All right. If, if you want, if you want to do one more, because this is kind of started late. So I'll yeah. allow it. Okay. This, I put it, I put it in chat. This has been, uh, this has been a project of mine. I was more of trying to recreate this. Uh, it's a, so it's a bring your own, bring your own vulnerability. They Ooh. drop in a, uh, a drop in a driver and use it as a EDR bypass. Mm, I like. Have it. you guys seen this at all? No, but I want to use it. So I've I've already been trying and I've done it unsuccessfully. <laughs> uh, so pretty much, Process Explorer comes in. It's this older version of Process Explorer. Uh, you can. I, I have a version of it, but uh, pretty much it goes through the process explorer. Then you use that in order to disrupt the EDR through 
through the vulnerability. You could either shut it off or there's actually, I've heard there's ways of actually uninstalling it completely as if it was it as if it was being uninstalled on purpose. And so you wouldn't be able to even to tell with the anti-tamper. Um, this gets me thinking a lot about, of course, anti-tamper stuff. And I feel like uh, every EDR usually has some type of alert for this. But understanding how it actually works and how it alerts is like very important. And you should always try to f- do this at least a little bit on your network or at least on your host to figure out how that would get escalated and what it would look like. Because if you don't, it usually can lead to bad stuff and then you never know what's going on. But... How, how, I know you guys say you can bypass most EDR stuff, right? Like everything. You can, everything. Nothing, nothing can stop us. I'm just kidding. No, actually, <laughs> no. EDRs are a huge thorn in our side that just consistently make our days hell. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love this. I'm going to, I'm going to try it. Like, because, like, this is, especially if you can uninstall, like, who's going to notice that one asset dropped off the list, right? Right. Right. Um, and this is also like, why would, uh, this also gets me, why would EDRs have be able to turn anti-tampering off? I guess if you're, if you're trying to configure it or possibly look for bugs or something like that, client update, even then, like usually when you update the anti-tampering, isn't going to mess around with it. Like I've never seen false positives on an anti-tampering too much, but I have seen almost every EDR have the option to turn it off, which I've also never seen anyone actually turn it off. What about system updates? Not necessarily. Not even system updates. I've I've never seen anything. Shecky, have you seen stuff flag with anti-tampering before? Uh, nothing that's been false positives. I mean, I've seen right? it when I've turned it off on my own and everything. Yeah. But like you said, I don't understand why somebody would have to turn it off. I mean, all the updates that get done, everything else that happens in the background, and it still doesn't happen. And then even when, say, Corey or or Ralph goes ahead and tries to get around it, we still don't know that they've tampered with it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I would say my guess is that it's a logic flaw in the EDR itself, that there's something like, you know, process flow injection or something that leads to this anti-tampering mechanism being bypassed. That's my guess. But I mean, it's it sounds like a cool vulnerability. I'm assuming since Soph was published it that they've fixed it in their product or, you know, figured out how to avoid it. But I mean, the whole bring your own vulnerable driver thing is a very it's an attack that we're very well aware of. And we try like we try to use it as much as possible um, because it's very powerful, um, you know, but this one, I don't have a POC, sadly. Gonna have All right, to when you one. do when you do hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna. Make I need to put dollars. I need to put some fear into some people. So to let me log some other stuff, and there's nothing like a little fud when you can turn off all the EDRs on anything without any detections <laughs> to increase right. logging. If, if, if the answer is, but we have EDR, I have the solution for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> uh, right. For for a quick detection, I will say for this one thing, there's a couple ways that this bypass does work but the main thing this particular article is cornered around is this uh driver for pro- for process explorer so if you possibly ban the shaws just for this 16.32 which are in this article i believe or you could theoretically protect yourself a little bit more or at least protect yourself from that avenue of attack it's a bad detection because it's right it's atomic but it's better than nothing at the end of the day no i want my eater to be bypassed <laughs> as an attacker. Uh. So I think we're good to call it. Thanks everyone for coming. Uh, thanks for being on the show. And uh, I guess have a great week. We're not going to do a show next week. Yes. No. Yes. Programming note. Thanks, Corey. Yes. But if so, you are at B-Sides Charm, drop by and say hello to the people there from BHIS. Who is going to yep. be there? Charles, are you going to be there? Um, you know I'm what? Be there. I will drop by. Ian's gonna be there. I'll be, gonna there. be there. Jason gonna be and there. John. John's gonna Jason be there. Jason and John. There's a there's a whole yeah, contingent. We'll... We're doing a lot of training there. So if you're interested in training, definitely yeah. sign up. Um, throw up the training. <laughs> you don't, yeah, have like don't a... throw up the training. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's also virtual training available too. So even if you're not going to be there physically, you can still. Sign up for some of the the online training. Is there a virtual throwing up option? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. Always. Always. In That's not honest. unique to us. Okay. Come on. Okay, good. Oh, oh good. That's, I'm glad. <laughs>
Oh, we don't have a little so, like add-in like we did with the t-shirts where it comes in the side. I mean, of the we do, like, but no, Ryan, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't gosh, do that. Ryan, Ryan, you he, included the <laughs> top button tag I again. I have just the link. That's all. You just you just messed up my analytics again. I'll, I'll be there. Virtu- I'll be there. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, spiritually, spiritually encouraging you all. Yes. Oh, thank you. Hey, <laughs> hey, uh, Corey. I'll leave you with one last piece of retro tech. My 16 kilobyte memory card for neo geo wow. wow i don't even know what neo geo is wow oh, that that is that is seriously old school it is a video game system oh i am on a roll today here we go that's the neo geo wow man you're taking me down memory lane how many games were there for this thing <laughs> oh there was a lot <laughs> well there was they're all enough enough to fill up a 16 kilobyte memory card yeah well maybe that is correct some of the games save and some don't but this is actually samurai showdown in japanese samurai spirit in japanese yeah i'm a huge fan of like um japanese gaming systems um because a lot of the games that you get that that we get in the united that we get in japan that you get in japan you don't get in the united states one of the testers at bhis actually learned japanese so that she could play games better with with Ooh. people online yeah especially the final fantasies they're very tough to read yep that was that was one of the games, that was I, learned, one of the games. I learned russian so i could yell at people it was great wow <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to learn french so you can insult them and they think that you're being nice to them because it, it sounds uh, so fancy so order coffee <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, let's call it. All right, let's take us it. out. Thanks for coming, take everyone. Have a good week. See you in two weeks. Yep, yep, two weeks. I just got back from New Orleans. I was there this week. Oh, weekend. wow. Yeah. We went, we actually went on an airboat ride, saw some gator. Oh, nice. Ooh. How, how different is that from a Florida airboat ride? Uh, it's the same. It's identical, actually. Just the, you know, it's in New Orleans.